to have this time to worship God, to open up His Word, to sing together, to pray together. And uh, it's just encouraging. I know that for many, this is in the middle of a two-week holiday. So we have some people who are traveling, and uh, they aren't with us today. But we just pray that uh, things will, in fact, uh, work out for them and everyone can return safely. The two that have traveled the farthest, I'm aware of, is actually Jason and Alex. Uh, They worshipped with the church in Helsinki today, so that's uh, pretty encouraging. And uh, they went over there specifically to visit some old friends, but uh, everyone remembers David Sandstrom, of course. And so I wanted to go over and see him and spend some time with him, so that's that's very encouraging. We're finishing off our read-through Ecclesiastes, and uh, it is... Uh, Really an interesting book, a very helpful book, just because I think Solomon articulates so well the questions that we have about life. And uh, one of the phrases that is used in this final passage that we're going to look through is the whole duty of man. And really could even understand this as the whole purpose of man. Why did God make us? Why are we here? And uh, we all realize at some point that we're not here forever. Uh, when you're young, it's amazing. When you're, you know, five years old, a week seems like forever. But, uh, you know, when you're 58 years old, it was my birthday yesterday, a, a, a year seems like a week. I mean, like, it's amazing just how fast they go. And, uh, yes, uh, the church turned 28 today. That's kind of exciting. The local congregation here, 28 years old. Uh, but, you know, for many of us in that room, that's, that's not such a big number. And uh, we realize, of course, that time keeps moving forward. Uh, Just so it's said, the birthday cake will be shared after the meeting downstairs with the coffees and teas. So let's just be turning over in our Bibles to uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 11. And we'll pick this up in verse 7. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 7. It says, Light is sweet. And it pleases the eyes to see the sun. Now, living in England, we only say amen to that. Uh, However many years a man may live, let him enjoy them all. That's a great wish. But let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. Be happy, young man, while you are young, and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart, and whatever your eyes see... And if it just stopped there, just be like, this is, he's on a run. This is so encouraging. But then he says, but know that for all these things, God will bring you to judgment. You know, whether we like it or not, God has a plan for our lives. Now, the the great thing is once you start to understand God's plan, it's awesome. God's wish for our our lives, His, His hope to prosper us, to give us a great life, it's it's an awesome thing. But a lot of people don't really trust God, and so they're not really thinking it's positive that God has a plan for them. But also we need to understand God has an opinion about our lives. Either we please Him or we don't please Him. And that's just pleasing someone has to do with doing what they consider right. And so pleasing God is connected to how we act. Now, this doesn't change how God feels about us, that God loves us. His offer of forgiveness is for everyone. The the blood of Jesus is enough for every human being on the planet. 
So this offer through Jesus has been made, and it's amazing. But actually, forgiveness comes from God, but reconciliation, it's a two-way street. We must want reconciliation. We must submit to God in reconciliation. There's something we do in, our, in returning to God. So he says, after all these things, just know God will bring these to judgment. Well, well don't get tense about that. The, the message of the gospel is this. God loves you so much, He sent His Son to die on the cross. But we can know God's perspective. We can know what God thinks is right or wrong. Look in this, this verse, Hebrews 4, verses 12 and 13. It says, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. God knows what is right and wrong. God knows our lives. And the Word of God is such a blessing because it's a light to our path. It's like the sun. It shows us what's really going on around us. And just like the sun too, when we feel the light of God's Word... In our hearts, it lifts our spirits. Yes, there's judgments of things that are wrong. But there's also direction and encouragement about things that are right. And there's affirmation of God's love for us. And so we can know God's mind through knowing His Word. God has a perspective on our lives. And we can know it through His Word. You know, one of the themes that keeps coming up in the book of Ecclesiastes is death. And there's a couple of references to being old. They're not very thematic. But what's interesting is we have in Ecclesiastes 12 a description of growing old. And um, it's interesting to read this because uh, some of us kind of feel a few of these things, I think, already. But I must admit that this isn't the most encouraging passage. Believe me, I think we can end this encouragingly. But sometimes to understand the good news, you have to get a little of a feeling of the bad news. And death has been brought up many times in the book of Ecclesiastes to bring us sobriety, to make us think about what is our life really about? What is important? But it's interesting. I remember my dad used to make the joke. We'd say, you know, to him, so how do you feel about having another birthday? And of course, you know, he made it up to 91. And in in his 80s, he would say, with a smile, well, it's better than the alternative, isn't it? You know, what's the alternative to not having another birthday? And see, what's interesting is, if you live long enough, you'll grow old. If you live long enough, this can happen, okay? So let's just read together uh, this passage. Uh, Let's open it up to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, and we'll start in verse 1. I just remembered, I'm not quite sure if I wrote the whole text in here or just outlined the point. So, turning just to check. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1. Okay, it says here, Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach, when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain. 
When the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few, and those looking through the windows grow dim, when the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, when men rise up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint, when men are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets, when the almond blossom tree, almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags himself along and desire is no longer stirred. Then man goes to his eternal home and mourners go about the streets. Remember him before the silver cord is severed or the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring or the wheel broken at the well and the dust returns to the ground it came from and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. You know, he uses some very poetic language here, but what he's really talking about is if you live long enough, your body starts to degenerate. It actually starts to not work as well as it did when you were young. And so they will eventually shut down because death does come to everyone. You know, this idea of the lights growing dark, clouds return. Basically, life will come to an end. Death is approaching. The keepers of the house tremble. Our arms, our hands, they grow weak and shaky. Strong men stoop. You can just think about your legs begin to bend a little bit. The grinders cease because they are few. Probably doesn't need too much explanation. But, uh, you know, it's harder to chew once you start losing a few teeth. You know? Grinders cease because they are few. Those looking through the windows grow dim. You know, our eyes are windows and things start to get a little dim. Failing eyesight. The doors to the street are closed. Well, they feel like they're closed. Maybe we just can't go through them anymore. Lack of mobility. The sound of grinding, grinding fades. Men rise up at the sound of birds, but their songs are faint. Sleep isn't so sound. You start to hear, your hearing isn't what it used to be. Men are afraid of heights and dangers in the streets. Self-confidence decreases as our physical strength decreases. Uh, it says here that the almond tree blossoms and they turn white, so our hair is turning white or gray. Then the grasshopper, which typically is a picture of something jumping around full of energy, is just dragging himself through the street. I don't mean to depress anybody, but it is what the Bible says, okay? It says, desires no longer stirred, appetites diminish. Man goes to his eternal home, and sadly, only the grave was certain in Solomon's mind. But mourners go about the streets, so that those that remain, you know. You know, it's funny. I had thought, as a young person, that death would always sober people up. That death would be like a guaranteed thing to make people think more seriously about God. But the thing I've seen over time is, actually, that's not true. Uh, it can help people think more deeply, but it doesn't guarantee someone really starts to think about the value of life. And one of the things I hadn't thought about is, if you grow old, as this passage is describing, how do you feel like you start looking at death? You actually start looking forward to it. You know, in many cases, physically speaking, you can actually, death is actually better than pain and suffering. Death can actually become better in the minds, even of those without faith, better than the physical situation that they're in. And so, though interestingly, 
Death, it seems so obvious. Shouldn't death make us think about what's really important? It's not guaranteed. Because some people's lives, the circumstance of it, death is actually looking, they're looking forward to some kind of relief. So thinking it would just guarantee to soften someone is not necessarily true. And then he uses these images. He goes, remember God, remember Him. Before the silver cord is broken, or the golden bowl is broken, or the cord is severed. And he's just using these different images of basically the spirit leaving the body. When the spirit leaves the body, that is death. And then the dust returns to the ground. He says, everything is meaningless. You know, it's only meaningless if you don't know God's plan for your life. It's only meaningless if you don't know what God really wants for each one of us. And let's look a little further. Just pick this up in verse 9. So uh, Solomon writes, not only was the teacher wise, but also he imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them. Of making many books, there is no end. And much study wearies the body. Any students want to say amen? (laughs) Much study wearies the body. says, now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. You know, we've been given the ability by God to recognize wisdom. And if something is wise and it's true, it has somehow come from God. Even if we heard it from somewhere else, wisdom has its true origin in God. And the truth can only come from God. And we need to take warning. There's a lot of information out in the world, but not all of it is true. There's a lot of opinions and a lot of ideas people have about how we should live. But God is the one that has a plan for our lives. He's the one who made us. He's the one who knows what we really need. And he said back in verse 1 of chapter 12, Remember your Creator. Now remember that God made us. God knows us better than we know ourselves. God made us for a purpose. Doesn't it make sense to ask God, why did you make me? It's interesting that Solomon doesn't say, God was the giver of the law. Go back and read what Moses wrote. He doesn't say that. He says, God is your creator. If we understand that, we understand only God has the answer. And the message of the creation leaves every person without excuse. God has made us. We didn't make ourselves. There's no scientific explanation for this. Something stands behind the world that we see. And we know from the scripture that it is God. You're going to watch a clip from a movie. And i got to just warn you. uh, This movie is quite worldly in many ways. This is a, a sanitized clip. Okay, it's from the movie Click. And I brought up a little remote control here. Because Click is talking about a remote control. 
And basically what you have is you've got a, 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 young, a pretty young guy. He's probably maybe 30, maybe uh, late 20s. And he's got a young family. He's got a career that's going. But he's feeling all the pressure of trying to get ahead in his career, get enough money to give his family, sadly, the things he keeps thinking they would be happy if they only had. What he doesn't realize is they'd be happy if they just had him. But this whole movie's kind of done a little bit like uh, Dickens' Christmas Carol. And so, rather than have sort of a, a ghost as an old man looking back, he gets to have sort of a dream as a young man and, and see how his life will go on the track that it's on. And so, basically, an angel appears to him, and this angel gives him, offers him this device. And he was looking for something to make his life easier. And what he wanted was something to fast forward through the difficult times. What he wanted was also to get more time and put everybody else on pause and be able to do what he wanted. You know, so in the middle of an argument, doink, he would just put his wife on pause. You know, take a drink of water, you know, whatever. Do kind of then, take a deep breath, okay, you know, put it back on play, keep her going. You know, the kids are making too, noise, too much noise. He turned down the volume, the dog's barking. You know, but the sad thing is, and he was told by the angel, that this ret- control will start to learn your preferences. Now, it didn't explain what that meant, but actually, you know what it came to mean? That the control became automatic. And and what would happen, for example, is he got a cold. So he'd fast forward through his cold, but he couldn't remember anything. And while he's like, for the whole weekend, while he was having this cold and sniffling and being sick, he was just kind of like there, like a zombie. And he has sort of like basic responses. People talk to him, he goes, uh-huh, you know, like, so he's, he's like totally tuned out. Sadly, it appears that no one seemed to notice anything was really wrong with him. Just thought he was distracted with his job, with his life, being selfish, etc. So what ends up happening? The control ends up taking over his life. And whereas he first started missing a couple of days, he ends up missing two years. Because he was wishing for a promotion, and he was frustrated with what he was doing, and he just goes... Just fast forward me to my promotion and miss two years of his life. And suddenly his kids were, were bigger and of course his marriage isn't doing too well. He's been on fast forward for two years. And uh, you know maybe that's the equivalent of a husband sitting in front of the TV for two years. I don't know. But, but basically he's just kind of chewing kind of slow. He's there but he's not enjoying life. And so what ends up happening though, this thing takes over and it's out of control. And he has this one moment where he goes, I wish, and it it starts to happen, and he doesn't want it to happen. And so what's now happened is, near the end of the movie, he's actually, his life is almost over. And he's just come out of a 10 year miss. But now he's become... The, the owner and uh, owner of the company he worked for, the, uh, he's got everything he wanted. But his wife's divorced him a long time ago. Uh, other things have happened in his life he's not aware of. And that's where we pick up this story. Because I think it'll actually help us to see, you know, something that Jesus said. Um, he said, what good does it do to gain a man, for a man to gain the whole world yet lose his very self? Let's learn something from a little uh, modern film. Come on, 
I'm so sorry I watched it. 
Isa. See you later, Grandpa. I love you. Dad. something I wanted to do. What do you mean taking him? An angel, Michael. An angel. I thought an angel was supposed to protect people. An angel of death. Your dad was his time. watching you sleep. You look like you're having a crazy dream. What? You're not supposed to lay in the beds, but I do sometimes. I'm back in the store. I'm young again. I'm young again. Well, I mean, you're not young, young. <laughs> I'm young. You're kind of like back there. No, no. No. I'm just seeing off, baby. Uh -huh. Look at you. Hey, you want to play? You want to play? Like, 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 like
birthday. Mom, thank you so much for giving birth to me. I know it hurt. Okay? I have no idea, but honey, please stay off the bomb time. I can't promise you that. If you keep up this weird attitude, I won't be able to go to work for a year and have to plan ten more vacations. That make you happy? Did you eat a bad noodle? Give me those big breaths. Still gotta have brains, so tomorrow I'm gonna teach you calculus. You don't teach I knew you'd call me on that. Alright, you're another little teacher. Now get your rest, cause tomorrow we're going camping! I know, it's gonna be the best! Okay, I gotta call my dad and tell him to get the old tent ready. the moral of this, you know, this is a, it's a great example because uh, we can get so caught up in what the world says is important that we miss the very most important thing. Remember your creator, creator in your day, in the day of your youth. You know, uh, maybe it's not the day of our youth today for some of us, but it's today. You know, there's another great scripture in Isaiah 55, 6 and 7. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. You know, today is the day we decide. It's, it's cliche, but today is the first day of the rest of your life. Today we decide what direction we're going in. And our Creator wants us simply to remember him. But he's made that easy. We broke bread today. We drank the cup today because God did something in Jesus Christ that changes everything. He demonstrated us to us how much He loves us. And I want to close with this one scripture. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, verses 6 to 2. It says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to Himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And He has committed to us this message of reconciliation. And we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us, or to be a sin offering for us, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For He says, in the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. You know, there couldn't be anything more important, any moment more important than today. And that comes up a number of times in Ecclesiastes. But sadly, Solomon didn't have the full picture. The full picture is that God sent His Son to die for us and that our sins can be completely forgiven. We can be reconciled to God and have a new relationship with Him. In fact, remember your Creator, not simply because He made you in the beginning... But He can remake you. You know, if you're here with us today visiting, and you haven't been remade by your Creator, that's what the Gospel message is all about. That the power of God raises Jesus from the dead, but it also takes our lives where they're at and completely transforms them. And the sin that separates us from God, and the guilt, those are removed. So that we are intimately connected with God. That's his plan. You know, the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. But really, it's to know God and love him. And that is the message today. We have an amazing God. He wants us to have a life that we look back on, not with regret, but with great satisfaction. Because it was life lived according to his will. And what he wanted for us is what took place. Let's bow together as the worship team comes and takes their place. Our Father and God, we are so grateful that we can just celebrate today. Yes, 28 years since the team came here to Birmingham and planted this congregation. But Father, we also can celebrate the resurrection of your son Jesus. That Father, we can break bread together, we could drink the cup together, and we could remember the most significant event in human history. And Father, that event was the sacrifice of your Son. Father, we thank you that you raised him from the dead, that you gave him new life. We thank you that he is here among us right now, that through the Holy Spirit, he is filling the whole earth at this moment. And through our repentance and baptism, he fills our hearts. And Father, we just thank you for that. We thank you for the promises we have in the scripture and for the amazing salvation That is ours. Father, help us to really think about you each day. Help us to look out our windows and see the creation and be reminded. Father, as these bodies we have grow older and as uh, life circumstances change. And Father, we love it when the sun is shining, but there's also those dark days as well. I pray, Father, that in all of those times and all of those things, we will seek you with all of our hearts. Father, help us to do this now while you can be found. Father, we've seen it in this world. Sometimes people's hearts get...
get so hard, even though they're still alive, they're unable to turn to you. And Father, I pray that you just give us insight. You'll give us wisdom. You'll help us to turn our own hearts. But Father, help us to turn the hearts of others near us, nearby us, to you. Father, help us to proclaim this sacrifice of Jesus. Help us to be joyful ministers of reconciliation. Father, thank you for the privilege of being your ambassador. Father, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.